With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. He scores! This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Well, gentlemen, Stanley Cup Finals are complete. There is actual, the, the beginning stages of movement happening. I'm so excited about this hockey offseason, and I just said it on the air, and this is probably not a great thing, but I am way more excited about the Blues offseason moves than I am about the second half of the Cardinals space. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> like, there it is. Like, oh, no. Dude, like, I am. I am and that's I am, a big baseball fan I, saying that. I, I, I just cannot wait to see. What happens, not only with the Blues, but around the league, because it really seems like, man, there is going to be a lot of turnover with some big-name players this offseason. And I don't know if it's just because I'm following it more on Twitter this year than I did last offseason or maybe two offseasons ago or whatever, but, man, everybody's already playing GM and making trades and Jack Eichel's going here. No, I don't want him here. You take his money there. All that. It's going to be very, very exciting. It's going to be a bit of an, uh, an ish show, too. It's absolutely going to be an ish show because teams are dealing with having to protect players for the expansion draft. They have unrestricted free agents. They have restricted free agents. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the salary cap isn't moving. So how do you tap dance around that to where players that have deserved or earned a pay raise or guys that you are really interested and you want to go get them – well, how do you sweeten the pot or how do you make it a better offer if everybody's able to offer the same value? So it does go back to a lot of this is going to go back to culture of teams and the uh, the possibility of winning with what you've got. And so if you're Doug Armstrong and you're the Blues, you certainly feel like your window is still open. And Doug has openly said that to everybody is I feel like this window is still open for us. However, there's going to be some turnover. You've got number 91 that that looks like it's at the end of the road. You got Schwartz that's unrestricted, Bozak unrestricted, Vince Dunn's a restricted free agent with uh, with uh, arbitration rights. You've got the expansion draft. 
there could be five, six-player movement for the St. Louis Blues, which changes a lot of things. One of the confusing things to me, and I know you guys have answered this question before, but it gets brought up on Twitter and whatnot, so I get all floopy up in my head. Tarasenko, does he need to be protected, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Because somebody brought that up the well, other day, okay, why so he needs to, why or why, why not to be protected. Not to get confusing here. If the Blues, uh, he doesn't need to be protected because then obviously Seattle could take right, him. Right, right, right. could leave But if the Blues are looking to retain Vladimir Tarasenko, either as a player or work a trade following the expansion draft, yes, he has to be protected. Okay. That way they still own him. Okay. okay. Oh, so then, dude, so then do they protect him? That's the, that's going to be a, a big question. Because right to me, I'm not. Well, so here's the thing: is you'd rather not lose Vladimir Tarasenko for nothing, right? Okay? You'd like to get some kind of a return for him, and that's why I think Doug Armstrong and the Blues, I think, are working the phones 24 hours a day right now to figure out if they can get a return. If it looks like every road that they're driving down is a dead end. Then you shift gears and you go, okay, it's salary dump time. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you're not going to do that for free. Okay. Seattle's not going to look at you and go, yeah, you know what? We want your $7.5 million player who's barely played the last two seasons. We'd really like that. Who possibly still has medical issues. We're not sure what the real story is at this point. Hey, thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're going to go, oh, we'll take him. But you're going to add a third round pick or a second round pick and a prospect or say, like that's how Vegas built their little empire over there. Right. Is George McVie said, "Yeah, I'll take your player, but you're going to add in a first rounder for me or another top prospect, and I'll take him off your hands for you." Look, legitimately, Jamie, right now, what is Vladimir Tarasenko's value? And, what 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 is you know what I mean? What can we reasonably expect to get back? And let me uh, add on to that. It, it could be the possibility of them or uh, of the Blues paying some of Tarasenko's salary as well, right? Yeah, which which you, is not optimal for a right. team that's going to want to spend to the cap as it is, and which Tom Stillman does do, and Doug Armstrong uh, does a great job of getting the most for what they're paying for as far as the player return uh, on investment. Uh, type stuff there, but yeah, this is going to be this is going to be tough, and teams are going to want the Blues to retain salary. And what's the actual value out there, Donnie? Yeah, it's a great question. Did he hurt his own value by coming out with the surgery stuff? Yes, but I shouldn't say yes. Possibly, it didn't help. Yeah, it didn't help because now I can guarantee you, where teams usually uh, there's usually an exchange of. Medical records. Carfaxes. Yeah. Carfaxes. It's a good <laughs> yeah. one, Jeff. Well yeah. done. Thanks. Um, for players that have had injuries and you want to just see their history. But when there's accusations or allegations of something that you don't agree with as the player, and it's really, it's really wild to think that this came out, then teams are going to be like, okay, we want to dive in there. We want to not only see the medical records – uh, we'd like to have our own people examine him as well as we're obviously going to get an independent evaluation per the player's permission with the Stedman uh, people who did the last surgery because we want to make sure of what's going on here. Yeah, it makes it hard. So his value, I don't I don't want to say he has no value because he's way too good of a hockey player to have no value. And it would be craziness to say that. But there's risk involved in this one. If Vladimir Tarasenko was 100% healthy and there's none of this baggage come along with it, 
yeah, your return could be pretty substantial for Vladdy. But as it sits, this is a tough spot for Doug Armstrong. He's going to have a really hard time getting back something where people go, oh, that was a great return for Vladimir Tarasenko because we look at the back of the hockey card and we see how many goals he scored and how many points he's had. And that may not equate to what you get back in this deal. Does, so do you think the medical records and diving deep and, and talking to this person and that, do you think that has our, that process has already started? Because you're up against a, a couple of deadlines literally here, and that sort of thing seems as though it might take some time. Everything has started. Anybody who's got interest right now. So it, they already have medical records, I you would think, and all that stuff. I guarantee that's the first thing that they sent them. Okay. Based on... If a player says that or his agent or his representative or his camp, as they call it now, uh, say something like that, then before I even entertain making a deal for another player or acquiring a player with $7.5 million cap hit that's going to make nine point five in cash this year, uh, yeah, I- I'm getting all the information first before I uh, jump in that vehicle and give it a test ride. Guys, I got to tell you, I, I don't remember a player sports-wise – that I was so twisted about what I thought of him as I am with 91 right now. Because, and Jamie, you and I talked about this a little bit the day after uh, it came out that he had officially asked for a trade and things like that. And and you made a great point that it's kind of two separate issues that I'm battling with in my head. (laughs) All right? One, if you're a, well, one, if you're but a, Donnie's pe- already got seven issues up there, <laughs> right? Now right. You're just adding two, two which more. Which Donnie is dealing with coming out of ears. But, but, all right. So the player, if he legitimately has a gripe about the the, the surgery being done incorrectly, oh brother, mm-hmm. I get you. I understand. I get it. But at the same time, on the flip side of that. Dude, I have never in my time as a Blues fan witnessed a moment where I thought that dude needs to be our captain. Never one time did I say that. Even as great of a player as I think he was and is and could still be, I just don't know what I think about this dude at this point. Who was was it, Rutherford or somebody on your guys' show that said if he's upset about not being the captain – he had many, many years before Ryan O'Reilly was named captain to earn that. You know what I mean? He had time to earn that, and somebody somewhere thought he's not captain material. And and also, too, doesn't mean you're not you're less of a man. By by that whole like like that means that because I've been here the longest, that I should be the program director for Christ's sake. Like that's like dude, that's stupid. Like that makes no sense to me. I just don't know what to think about this guy at this point in his career, man. That's the point I made on our show uh, last week about this whole thing was. That just because you work somewhere for X amount of years doesn't necessarily mean you get to be the boss, right? No. I mean, it's whoever's right for the job. You may be a great worker, but you may not be, you know, CEO material or boss material. Maybe it's just not in your bag of tricks. Doesn't mean you're not valuable to the company. And so Vladimir Tarasenko, with the way he is... I guess, expressing it, or at least the way it seems to be the way he's expressing it, is I, I did my time here. I deserve to get the seat. Well, a couple things with that. If you're truly a captain, you don't ever say that. Nope. <laughs> That's a good point. It's the bottom line, right? Yeah. And if somebody else gets the seat and I'm truly a leader, I'm truly a captain, it, it doesn't stop me for one second about what I'm actually doing because that's who I really am. And if that's who I really am, then that's the kind of character I want for my captain. Then it doesn't really matter, right? So... There's your answer. I remember I remember when uh, Petrangelo was named captain, and a lot of people were saying, oh, is he not captain material? He's not yelly and screamy and in your face and stuff in the uh, locker room. 
But I remember you saying there's plenty of other people that are in that locker room that don't have that C that are captain material. You well, just the guys you, you just had. do it. You don't have the C. Look at the guys we still have. Quite I'm honestly. saying, yeah. You know, Ryan O'Reilly. I'll go back to this because it, it's kind of funny. Uh, a couple of years ago, when Alex Petrangelo was the captain and the team was struggling, everybody wanted to rip the C off Petro's chest and give it to O'Reilly. And then this year, he had a bunch of people saying, O'Reilly can't handle being the captain. And then Vladdy wants to be the captain and all this stuff. You have a bunch of captains on your team. You have Justin Falk, who, yeah, he had a speed bump two seasons ago, had a great year this year. He's a leader. He's played in the NHL a long time. Tory Krug is a leader. He's been to Stanley Cup finals. He's played on... Uh, played for a historic organization in Boston. And, oh, by the way, they had tremendous leadership there, too, with Chara, Bergeron, and other guys there. You have Braden Shen, who's a leader, David Perron. Then you have Tarasenko, O'Reilly. Like, guys, there's plenty of leadership there. So when somebody wears the C, it's definitely a badge of recognition to where you're, okay, he is what we think can lead our team. But it doesn't necessarily mean he's the only guy that can do it. You know, like right. even if you look at Petro, there's only one C, but there's plenty of captains. Correct. Even yeah. Jay Bowmeister. Let's go back to that. He was a leader. Alexander Steen. Like if you could have had co-captains, probably should have been a co-captain with Alex Petrangelo. Heck, he should have maybe been player coach for that matter. But did he whine and moan about it? No. All Alexander Steen. <laughs> all he did. He invented himself. So think about a leader, right? Yeah. So all he did was what was best for the team. There's your answer. Is, how, how's he feeling, by the way? Can he come back? Dude, just I, have a year layoff and come back? I don't uh, want him on. Or, I, I mean, I it's been done, but that guy was called Mario Lemieux. And, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know I what just, happened I, to him. I don't want that dude on our team category. anymore. I don't want him wearing the note anymore. I, I don't think that he deserves it. I, I really don't. Who? Tarasenko. Tarasenko. Oh, I, thought I thought you meant Steen at first. Oh, no, 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 sorry, I was like, Donnie. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did no, no, you bang no, no. your head? Steen no. hater over no, no, no. here. Holy no, cow. Not even the least. No. Um, not in the least bit. And, and, and I would like to bring up a, a Schwartz. I know the, 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 the Stanley Cup just ended and everything, So, and there has been some moves made. Here's a guy, again, that just nobody talks about. Until it happens. Have you heard anything? Have you heard any rumors? Do you have any speculation? Have any um, gut feelings? Anything like that? I know the story is you want him back if he if he takes a haircut. Your your yeah, words. He's gonna have to take a buzz cut. Yeah. A- anything? Because uh, he's this again. This is the guy you never hear anything about. Yeah, I think this is a situation where if he's willing to come in for like three point five or four a year, then it makes sense for the Blues. And the reason I say that, and this is no disrespect to Jaden Schwartz, I love the guy uh, personally. A good friend, and professionally, I love the way he plays. He brings it every day, and I've told you guys several times, everybody there loves him. Great teammate. I mean, he's just really a popular dude, Um, and for the right reasons. But if you look at the top teams in your central division, because we're going back to that next year, if you look at the top teams, Jaden Schwartz wouldn't be in the top six players, top six forwards for any of those teams. So how can you, as a St. Louis Blues, put him in your top six Maybe you could, I mean, as a player, maybe, but salary wise. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to make third line money. Third line money is not five or six million dollars. Not traditionally. You're looking at the three to maybe four area. And so, although I don't have any inside knowledge of it, I could be shocked if a deal happens. I don't see it happening right now. I see the deal being somewhere between three and 4.5 a season as far as the AAV goes. 
uh, wherever he ends up. I think that Jaden Schwartz will be allowed to test free agency and go see what's out there. And then probably one of those situations where they're like, hey, go check it out. Get back to us. Before you sign. First right of refusal. Yeah. Yeah. Please, you know, before you sign, come back to us. You know, let us know what's going on. We'll kind of go from there. That's kind of where I'm at with it. I could see um, a Jaden Schwartz being unprotected for the expansion draft, and I could easily see a Seattle Kraken team uh, jumping on that, giving him five, maybe more than anybody else will, and he's the right kind of guy to create your culture right. in an expansion team. So that's just my own personal opinion of yeah. it. I would love to see him back here. I'd love to see him back here at the $4 million mark, playing third line with a great with Oscar Sundquist and uh, somebody else on the other side, maybe a Clem Costin. Jeff, there you a go. Third line for Costin? Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, not the first line, dude. Yeah, he's huh? not, not going to be in your top six, Jeff. I apologize. Clem Costin, you're talking about. Is that correct? Clem Shady. <laughs> Well, we're hearing some some really and and guys, I hope I, I don't want to I don't want things to get super negative here Uh-oh. after my, yeah, but but guys, prepare yourself. Supposedly, the negotiations between the ABS and our good buddy Gabriel Landeskog aren't going great. Oh, you don't say! Oh, Who saw what, that coming? What a, what a what a bummer that could be. Yeah, that, that would means really that suck. he might not resign with Colorado. He's not going to, guys. I said it a long time ago. You there's did. No, there's no way. There's there, no way that they can make the math work to sign him with okay. with Kale McCarr no needing way, that because risk. there's obviously ways to do it. There's no way that makes sense for the Avalanche to do it because. Gabriel Landeskog's a huge part of that team, but so is Nathan McKinnon. He's going to look to re-up soon. So is Kale McCarr, who's arguably the most dominant defenseman in the NHL right now. So as I said to you guys before, my strategy would have been simple as the GM of the St. Louis Blues. I would have I would offer sheet the you-know-what out of Kale McCarr at $10, million, $10.5 a season for seven years. And force Colorado to match that. Blowing up their salary cap. Blowing up their salary cap. Or they don't, and I end up with the best defenseman in the league. Or if they match it, then they got to blow it up, and now Gabriel Landeskog is just sitting there, and I go, okay, plan B. Hi, Gabe. How you doing? Why why has nobody done this? Because not everybody uh, is without soul. (laughs) Well, and because if the Blues would do that, then I would assume that there will be some reckoning Later on, uh, they always say that they're always sure. like, "Oh, well, then it's like kind of the unwritten rule." And then somebody could target one of your players. Then do a better job with your own players. Yeah. Look, uh, let's take Stan Kroenke right now, who's so popular in St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, he doubled his net worth by being a scumbag. Yeah. So that's business. I don't like it. I don't like him for what he did. I don't agree with it. But this is. That's outside the rules, what happened there. And he doubled his net worth mm-hmm. by doing it. You're staying in the rules that are clearly in the rule book that you're allowed to offer sheet these guys and do that. I'm doing it. How many teams are going to be coming hot and heavy after him along with the Blues? Probably a whole bunch, I bet. He's going to be the most coveted player in the offseason. Okay. For sure. But you have to whittle through the teams and figure out who has a legitimate chance. That guy is going somewhere where he's got a chance got a to chance, win. And he's going to want to go somewhere where he can have the big FU back to the Avs because he's not pleased right now that all of a sudden the Avs don't have enough money for Gabriel Landeskog. Yeah, right? what did he say? He's disappointed? Very disappointed. Yeah, he said he would have liked to have gotten it done eight to ten months ago. What, what is the rule for 
say somebody like Ryan O'Reilly giving his buddy a call and saying, "Hey, you ought to come on over there's to no St. Rule. Louis." There's no rule because he's unrestricted. That conversation tap do it. Yeah, there's no rule for that. The team, um, like any member of the front office or coaching staff, cannot contact Gabriel Landeskog or his agent before the allowed time. But the players can. And there's no rule that says uh, Craig Berube or Army grabs O'Reilly or Braden Shan, who know this guy pretty well. And be like, hey, hey there, how's, yeah. how's Gabe doing? Yeah, get it, get it. Do we need to send him an edible arrangement? Oh, that's a oh. great idea. What kind oh, of edible? Oh my gosh, so, that's Donnie? a great idea. Which kind of? Well, you go with some bananas because there's the potassium like, in there. You got to get the potassium. No, but what kind? Are we going like edible undergarments? No, 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 edible arrangement. Or this edible. Let's let's talk about this. Whatever gets that dude here. Yeah. If it's edibles weed, I'll if it's edibles whatever, but I don't send him. I'll send him my edible underwear. <laughs> I don't care. Okay, but here's the thing. He's in Colorado. Uh, yeah. Probably yeah. has access to all of that. But maybe your strategy is good because maybe you could show him, hey, <laughs> don't worry about what you're leaving. We got we it here, too. We got it We're here. Good. Okay. We're good. Yeah. It's a good strategy, Don. I like that. Okay, can I ask my next question about the NHL and things in which that I don't understand? Okay. That you will—that's that what we're here for. That, that you, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> right? Ask, ask that, Daddy Rivers things we don't know. Oh, so I understand. Daddy in, in 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 premise, I understand why that Minnesota would move on from Suter and Zach Parisi. But in reading more about it over the course of the last day. I think over the course of the last two years, they're going to be tied. I mean, like, there is a lot of money that will be tied up in dead salary cap space for those two players in Minnesota that will keep them from doing other things with that roster. I'm confused about this move. Tell me how and why that it makes sense. And follow-up, does Suter make sense at all for the Blues? Okay, uh, the salary cap question, I know parts of that. Okay. okay. Uh, some of that is is – that's why you have a capologist. Literally, teams have hired guys who are so smart that they can whittle through that. I'm not that guy. Okay, okay. I know that's surprising. I appreciate your honesty because you could have told us anything. I'd be like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so no. thanks. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, but no, Bill Guerin has got uh, you know balls the size of Liberty Bells right now doing this because those were guys that were on 10-year deals, franchise guys. They weren't his contract. He inherited it, but... He's like, nah, I'm done with this project. There are some benefits to it. In short term, it's going to suck the next couple of years because he's on the hook for a couple of things. Could be tough to whittle. But long term, this is going to work out for the Minnesota Wild. Much better. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, percentage, all that. I'll leave that to the experts. I'll leave that to Cap Friendly on the Internet. They can tell you all you need to know sure. about that. But it is a huge move, and Bill Guerin needs some space right now because he's got some young players he wants to re-sign. He wants to get into the mix, too, on some of the unrestricted free agents. The Minnesota Wild had themselves a heck of a season last year. They did. They gave Vegas everything they could handle. They had a great season. They they were a surprise, for yeah, sure. we did not have I them in that's, there. Yeah. I think that's a team that's one or two players away from next level. And that's why this happened. Yeah. And that's why this happened is Zach Parisi – Good player, but he was it was of no use to the wild anymore, and he was high priced. And so you know you're like, okay, I just I need to go in a different direction here. Suter more surprising because he was still uh, an effective player, probably playing way more than he should have played, and that exposed him for in, in certain areas. Would he be helpful to the Blues? Yeah, but where does he fit? Okay, you know, like I went over this in my head even driving here today. 
is your left side, you've got Krug, Scandella, Mikola, Perunovic, and Dunn. That's what you currently have. So not that he's not better than Mikola, but he's way older. Mm-hmm. And not that he's not better than Vince Dunn, um, but Dunn's under contract with you currently. He's up. He's a restricted free agent. Who knows where he ends up? I think that his days in St. Louis are probably numbered ultimately. But you still have him right now on your roster. You've got Scandella at $3 million a year right now, which is probably the area you'd like to have a suitor in. So where does he fit in? He's not going to take Krug's spot. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. I think that... You know, Marco Scandella will be exposed for the expansion draft. And maybe Seattle says, oh, out of all this stuff that the Blues have available, I like this guy. You know, he's $3 million. He's a maybe a second pair, a third pair D, reliable guy. Good dude. Maybe this is a guy I take. Now all of a sudden you have a spot. And, yes, I would entertain talking to uh, Orion Suter at that point. Up until then, I think I would be apprehensive just because I just don't know where he would fit in right away. So I read this article last night uh, on on The Athletic, and Zach Parisi said that he expected something was coming, so he was not surprised. Yeah. From what I understand in that article, Suter hung up on Garen and has still not spoke to, spoke to him since, and it took him completely off guard. He had no idea that it was coming. From the player perspective, Jamie... Can can you at all talk about that jolt when you don't know that that's coming, whether that be a trade, whether that be this sort of thing? Because this is when I think we lose the person behind the player. That that's a big, big thing for that for that family. And he's got young kids and stuff too. And I know it's part of the business. I get it. We all get it. But can you kind of speak to that a little bit? It's it's a tough situation, and I always think of both sides of this. And I've been in this situation. Um, having done, been a coach and even general manager at the pro level, not NHL, but pro, where there are families involved and, and girlfriends and wives and things like that, it's tough. You know, Bill Guerin making these phone calls, it's not an easy call. Billy G's an awesome dude. Played with him in Boston, played with him here in St. Louis, one of the best guys ever. This was not easy for him, but they made a decision to do it, and... Yeah, Ryan Suter probably really ticked off. Probably didn't see it coming because he was a big part of that defense core, but he's kind of in the way now. That's what, that's what I was going to say. He, he didn't see this coming, really? No, I probably been wouldn't have seen forever. it coming oh, really? either. No, he played enough, Jeff, to where you're like, okay, if they exercise a buyout, it's going to be on Parisi. And I think Suter, I don't know if he's quoted, but alluded to the fact that, you know, kind of thought the Parisi thing was coming, but then – when the phone rang and it was Bill Guerin and he told him was totally blindsided mm. by it. Never thought both of them would get bought out, bought out at the same time. And yeah, to my knowledge, he was. I don't know if he hung up, but it was very abrupt. The conversation, okay. maybe a, a couple of expletives, and then yes, so certainly a hang up to where I don't think Bill Guerin and Ryan Suter are going for a beer anytime soon together. That's business. Right. It is. And as the player, it sucks. You're blindsided. You're sitting there. Your stomach drops because you're like, whoa, what now? Yeah, little Timmy and little Susie are signed up for volleyball and soccer, and they're supposed to do this, and we have family supposed to visit here. And not, now everything is up. You know, and your wife was happy. She's got her little groove in this. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But that's the life of an athlete. Um, you know, he signed a long-term deal. And I know this isn't a consolation prize, but I would take it. 
It's got a big pile of money sitting yeah. there. And it stinks, but that will offer him and his family the resources necessary to, you know, facilitate this whole thing. Soften the, the, the time blow. that'll and the time it'll take yeah, too. I mean, you yeah. know, the private the jet that flies the family and, back and, and forth, and the living nanny and all that stuff. Like, I think it, you know, it's not going to be the same. What kind of money are they uh, saving by getting rid of these two? Because if, it, if it's Landeskog money, I'm going to be upset. Well, <laughs> is that what he's doing? No, I think it's I think it's internal right now. I think they're trying to get a long term deal for Kaprizov, Kirill the Thrill. Oh yeah, um, no, he's pretty know, and Fiala, too. right? And Fiala too. They've got some young players that they'd like to keep in the mix, keep in the fold here. I think that would be their top priority. They do want to bring in some more help, uh, but it was going to be tougher to afford these guys or or give them something long term with these other contracts in the way. I saw on Twitter uh, somebody said something to the effect of, I'd be more excited about Kachuk coming to St. Louis if somebody besides the three guys on the Last Minute Blues podcast would mention it. <laughs> There's lots of people who have talked about and it. That's what I said. I go, yeah. I think. I the think Calgary others. media has talked about it as well. Well, too. they're big listeners of the podcast. Oh, they're huge. Yeah. They download <laughs> every one. They subscribe, and they pass it to their friends. They share it, too, Donnie. They can do Smart that. Smart people. I'd like yeah. to ask you about one of my very favorite players ever in the NHL. Well, he's made right here. His name is Jamie Rivers. I'm doing well then. <laughs> Good, good, good. <laughs> but uh, Duncan Keith is on the move from oh, Chicago Keith. to oh, yeah, uh, to, to Edmonton. Yeah. Can you um? Do you not can you like him? Uh, uh, <laughs> the, the, the hatred runs deep, sir. For him? Oh yeah. What did man. he do? Yeah, no, man. No. I, I am. He didn't do wakey wakey. Listen, no. I'm gonna tell you something. That <laughs> son of a bitch kicked our ass for about ten years. So yeah. you hate All him because right? he's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do I? I don't think I have to have to explain no, anymore. No, I'm good with it. But. Talk about Duncan Keith going to Edmonton. Why is that a play that Edmonton wants to make? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next question. No, seriously. It, it absolutely blindsided me because of a couple of things. One, uh, he's 37 years old. Yeah. Two, he has a pretty substantial cap hit remaining. Um, uh, three, they didn't make Chicago retain any salary for they gave up a young player in a draft pick like a third guy. rounder or something i don't i don't get it did edmonton need um a top 4d a, yeah is duncan keith that guy like they had tyson berry who played amazing last year i would have said you know what i'm gonna pivot i'm gonna make sure i keep tyson berry because he's a great right-handed shot first power play guy was crushing it with mcdavid and dry sidle in that power play and instead of spending this money on Duncan Keith, maybe I'm going to go and find a defenseman that's out there that I can sign and and bring to my team that's going to help me out. Like Nick Letty in the island, uh, they look like they want to maybe deal him. Like he's a left-handed shot, younger. Duncan Keith has had an incredible career. Nobody's going to ever take that away from him. Uh, but Ken Holland, man, this is a really odd move. Like, uh, did Kenny forget that there's a salary cap? Because this is a move Ken Holland would have made in Detroit in the mid-90s to bring in a veteran guy who cares how much he costs because Mr. Illich has the checkbook, and we're just fine handling that. But the salary cap is upon us here right now, and money-wise, this deal doesn't make sense. Will he help the Oilers? Yeah, of course. They're terrible on the blue line. They're not good on the blue line. But Money-wise, it doesn't make any sense. That's the first time you have ever, at least that I can remember, have said have 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 
said anything questionable about a move that Ken Holland uh, It's made. craziness to yeah. think of what Is he's he from done. there? Is Duncan Keith from the area or something? No, he's from British Columbia, and he wanted to, for whatever reason, this is, I don't know if there's more to the story, meaning that I don't know if someone in his family is not well or something, because you know, he said before on several different things and on podcasts that I've listened to, Never leaving Chicago. Mm. Chicago is his home, blah, blah, blah. And so you're all, saying something. All of a sudden, it's like, I want to be closer to my family. My family lives out west. And it's like, well, if that's the case, like, why? Like, I don't get did it. He, mm. Did he Did he? get rid of a no-movement clause or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he had to waive all that. Yeah. Could he be getting away from what's going on in Chicago right now? Um, I wouldn't blame him no no me either case. i'm just saying if, i don't know if, if he it, has nothing to do with that situation if i had nothing to do with that situation i i could see wanting to get the hell out of there too yeah who knows it looks like there's a, a whole crap storm that uh has evolved and could probably be on the horizon as well in chicago they've got a lot of issues there that they need to solve because um the allegations and the stories that are coming out are are awful yeah um you know, just awful. But I don't know if that would have been a reason for Duncan Keith to say, oh, by the way, I'm just done here. I want to go to Edmonton. Like, right. who's ever said that? <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, good point. Like, yeah. Unless Wayne Gretzky was, was there still. Well, unless it's 1984. Right, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you had a connecting flight, you know, other than that. <laughs> yeah, I love Edmonton, and I would play there, but that's sure. me. Have you seen the back of my hockey card? Oh, All right. <laughs> All right, no, so. The Lightning win the Stanley Cup, second year in a row. Congratulations that. to those dudes. Uh-huh. They do it $600 million over the salary cap. Yep, that's Ooh. right around there. I know, Donnie, I'm just teasing. Don't be teasing. one of those people. No, I wasn't even just trying to be. Just over 400 million. Right. But who will the Lightning have to roll this offseason to make the cap work well, next season? Well, half the team, pretty much. Um, or they have to get a lot of injuries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Injuries. Yeah. Which, by the way, okay, let's dive into this for a minute that's all i'm going to give it is is that is kucherov had a legit injury he had hip surgery stamkos was legitimately injured um did they hold him back maybe five six days before the end of the season yeah probably who wouldn't? Yeah, right. If, if, if we Saint talked Lucid about it, I'd be like, yeah, go you. Dude, if the Blues did it, I wouldn't yeah. give a rat's ass. Yeah. talked yeah. about doing that with Vladdy last year. Yeah, yeah. Why right. bring yeah. it back? Just hold off, bring in another player, and then when we get to the salary cap in the playoffs, oh, that's right, there is none. Yeah. If you can do it, you do it. Right. But if you look at the core of their lineup, they drafted and signed and developed almost all of their stars. Look at it. Stamkos was a draft pick eons ago. And, yeah, he's making good money now, but he's been there forever. They've held on to him. Braden Point was a draft pick. There was, like, four rounds before he was picked. Anybody could have picked him. There was uh, Johnson, was a free agent coming out of college hockey. Anybody could have signed him. Uh, Andre Palat, he wasn't a first-rounder, which means other guys could have got him. Kalorn was, like, a fourth-rounder. All of these guys, Yanni Gord, another guy – all the players that you look at, Victor Hedman was a draft pick. Vasilevsky was a draft pick. So it's not like they just went out and acquired all this high-priced talent and played, oh, we're going to cheat the system. Did they get an advantage by having guys injured at times and this and that and the other? Yeah, maybe. But they still had to run the gauntlet, which is the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is not easy. And they had a lot of injuries along the way. They had some guys. Look at that team in the finals. Blocking shots with their faces. Right. Like, they didn't just 
get there and tic-tac-toe it and make it a joke. Yeah. They earned it. No, absolutely. And I and I, I say that in, in, in jest. They did it. Those were the rules. They followed the rules. They won. They deserve to win. Uh, here's a quick question. So one thing I've learned over the course of the last few years in, in all sports, it at least to me, is the absolute critical nature of player development. Hello, St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Um, oh, so so That's, that's two. That is two. two on the Cardinals. So how often, man, are the guys that are in the organization judging the players, you know, kind of assessing the player development side, how often are those guys moving around and are those guys ever hot free agents too? You know like what I'm player saying? Player development guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or scouts or anybody that helps the organization yeah. put together a team like the Lightning. Like, are you saying they're sought after by other teams? Correct. Well, yes. yeah, th- that happens for sure. I mean, look at Bill Armstrong from here yep, in St. Louis, and now he's a general manager in Arizona. And only the last two seasons, I think he was assistant GM here. Before that, he was just director of pro scouting or head of scouting. And like he, he worked his way up. Uh, the ranks. So, yeah, Julian Breezebois was like a legal part of the team in Montreal forever ago. Then he got elevated and worked his way up, and then he got to be assistant GM in Tampa, and now he's a GM there. So, yeah, there's something to be said for there's development and there's talent on the front office side as well. And, yeah, you lose guys, you have to retain guys, and that's the part that we don't always see is we look at the salary cap and we go, oh, boy, that's the that's the money spent. You're not seeing what the GM makes. You're not seeing what your president makes. You're not seeing what the coaches make. You're not seeing what your scouting staff makes. There's millions and millions of dollars that are put into that. Some teams, their front office would rival the lineup as far as a salary cap is concerned. And so, yeah, it's um, it's something that is very sought after by certain organizations and Yes, you can develop it. You can have somebody who's a good scout, and then you teach them a bigger part of it of development, and then you know maybe some of the financial side of it, how to work trades, all that stuff, how to work the draft. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I want to go back to the, a bit of the player movement or a possibility of, Uh-oh. and uh, go back to Colorado again, but go to somebody else who has uh, also waived their no-movement clause, probably to be getting picked up by the Kraken, mm-hmm. but Eric Johnson, our old yeah. buddy. Oh, would, you, would you welcome him to a team? Because I know he's had several injuries, but back in the day, man, he was a stud. Boy, and he ate ice time like crazy. Yes, yes, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah, he also ate golf carts, too. <laughs> oh, um, good point. Oh, wow, good point. Yeah, Man, that's yeah. a throwback story. That Holy was so God. horrible, man. Mm. Like, you talk about wow. a story that just makes you feel like a blues fan. That's yeah. that's it, man. Damn, that's right. But a good dude willing to party with the boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, clearly. He'll yeah. fight a golf cart for you, apparently. Yeah, not afraid at all. But that being said, uh, Eric Johnson's a, a great player where he fits in, probably on a Seattle Kraken, probably on maybe another team, up-and-coming team. I don't know what his contract situation is. I, I think it's at $6 million. Is, $6 million, got, what, a year left too, or yeah, something? Something to that effect. Um, yeah, that's I don't a, know the years on it. I, I would be interested to know the years. I haven't dove into his contract situation. If it's, Signed a seven-year, $42 million contract with the Avs. And an annual average salary of six million in twenty one twenty two, he will earn a base of six million. It Holy doesn't say the length smokes. of it. Smokes. Okay. Oh, well, year six of a seven year contract. Oh, year six of a seven. Oh, I thought he had all those years left. I was like, so oh, he's got baby. two more years or one more year. 
I would take one more. We'll go to Cat Friendly and figure it out. Oh, I I just saw Cat Friendly. I just did not. Go ahead, and I'll tell you. Yeah. So if you do this, go to Cat Friendly, go to the Avalanche, and click on Eric Johnson. It'll give you his whole contract. I'm already on it here, They do a great job over there. Dude, it's a really great follow. It's amazing. Remaining daily cap hits $6 million. And if you, you follow them on Twitter, they will update like like as the trade happens. Yeah, they will the update actual... what the what everything means. Like it's yeah. a really what he's, year he's is still... the last year where it has numbers? Jeff? <laughs> it says a seven year contract. Let's see, Colorado. I believe there is smoke coming from Jeff Burton's there, ears there right is now. Serious <laughs> smoke coming through. Years. We'll get to this quickly here. I'll find. <laughs> I it. can edit all this out. No, no, it's fine. We're good. People love this. Stuff, edit, Jeff, edit it. Don't they? Post. Uh, no, but look, Eric Johnson would certainly offer you somebody who can handle the pressure. If you're the Seattle Kraken and you're looking to have a first-pair defenseman right shot, depending on his injury status of you know where, where he is with that, I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what his last— uh, Does it look like that's through 22-23? I'm sorry. I'm touching Jeff's phone. I feel like I need hand sanitizer. You do, at least. Um, I go up to the elbows with it. Yes. 22-23 <laughs> is his last season. So he has two seasons left at $6 million per. So that's a heavy price tag that's for a somebody. That's some cracking right there. Well, yeah, but it's the cracking if you're sweetening the pot. They're not taking on a, a guy who's been predominantly injured through his career. Not predominant. I shouldn't say who's had some injuries, but they've been big injuries throughout his career. Uh, you're not taking that on without a little inspiration. Right. Uh, but also, he could be a great player for a lower-level team. Like if the Ottawa Senators wanted to pick up a guy, if the Detroit Red Wings wanted to pick up a guy, the Buffalo Sabres. But that being said, even though you waived the no movement, doesn't mean he'll agree to whatever you present. Right, right, right. You gotta remember that too. Yeah. So you brought up the Ottawa Senators. Sure, I did. And uh, oh, you're we're, we're talking about my favorite people on this podcast today, Pierre Maguire. Yeah, what a great dude. Get to get to super nice dude. I wish the Blues could have picked him. Super up. knowledgeable. Yeah. I love what he does on TV. Yeah, me <laughs> oh, too. Me too. <laughs> you you can't even say it with a straight face. But okay, I can. But I all know how things much bothers you. All You're a great actor, aside, though. All things aside, the things that I think about him are not important. Obviously, he got the role of like senior senior player development, something or the yep. other for Ottawa. Yes. What do you think about that? Does he deserve? I something actually like, like that? the move. Okay. To be honest, uh, look, Pierre Maguire. We make fun of him and. People poke at him. He's been in the hockey world forever. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you dive into his Wikipedia, uh, the first I knew of Pierre Maguire, he was an assistant coach at St. Lawrence University Division One NCAA hockey. The reason I know that is my brother played on that team, so I've known Pierre Maguire since I was 13 years old, and he was a great coach, uh, good with the players. Moved on to the NHL, was a good assistant coach. Ended up being a head coach of the Hartford Whalers. That was a little bumpy for him. Then he went on to coach in Pittsburgh, won a couple of Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh as an assistant coach. Then he's been on the management side, the scouting side before. And really, if you're looking for somebody who knows about development or has seen the league or the landscape, what better guy than someone who sees every team on a regular basis, who's in every locker room, who talks to every GM, every coach. And the conversations that Pierre Maguire has had is very in passing. Right? Hey, how's this player doing? I'd really like to talk about your draft this year. Who are you projecting and why is that? Who's handling him down there? You know, so Pierre Maguire has got a ton of knowledge on so many different things just from being around. And you couple that with his experience as a hockey guy, 
I don't see this being a bad move for the Senators, depending on what they're paying him, right? But it's not like he counts against the cap. Sure. So you bring him in, and you get a fresh set of ideas, a new set of eyeballs on a team that is trending in the right direction. They really are, despite the fact that their owner's an absolute moron. Um, (laughs) They're overcoming that. They're overcoming it, which tells you how good that Pierre Dorian is doing as a GM and that DJ Smith is doing as a coach and the players, and now Pierre Maguire's involved. So despite the fact that there's one huge obstacle that's your ownership, the team is progressing in the right direction. That really says a lot about the people. If you're doing that in spite of all of the negativity that is surrounding... uh, Nobody's more worked than Pierre... Dorian, because Eugene Melnick cut his scouting staff down to nothing. He whittled away everything because he didn't want to pay for it. And yeah. so Pierre Dorian is back? like his own head scout, his own player development guy. It's- so he hasn't put those positions back in the organization. He's not allowed. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because he just he, – I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're not, they're not adding salary. Oh, I God. Just, we just talked about it, how yeah. wow. sometimes your front office rivals your on ice. Well, it wasn't like that in Ottawa, but – they, he wanted to eliminate cost and couldn't get rid of all the players, so we get rid of all the staff, and we're going to do double time. Tom Dundon down in Carolina has done a very similar thing to where he's been proactive. He's like this cutting-edge kind of new owner thing, but he's got his scouts that are no longer going to buildings to watch games to cover the expenses so they can sit at home and watch video screens and scout players. It's Wow. It's an interesting concept. Wow. Uh, the Hurricanes seem to be doing okay. I think that's because Rod Brendamore has done such a fantastic job with that team. Um, but, yes, Pierre, Pierre Dorian has a lot of work to do. So having a guy like Pierre Maguire is probably going to be a lot of help for him. Man, so the expansion, um, each team has to have their expansion lineups in or their expansion um, protections List. in on Saturday? Yeah, I is it so. I think oh so. And that's when st- stuff starts happening, right? But see, the, the expansion draft is, what, seven days away right Yeah, now? I believe it's next week. No, 21st? I thought it was 28th for some reason. Uh, well, Jeff, stay hot. Yep. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'll have to d- double-check it. I thought it was... Yeah, why don't you go to your cap-friendly for that information? <laughs> yeah, I think it's the 22nd is the Ooh. actual expansion draft. I think it has to be in... Uh, on Saturday, I believe, Donnie. So yeah, right. a couple of days of chaos coming. All right, so let me ask you guys this. So we're gonna we're gonna do the podcast next Tuesday. Yeah. By the time we do the podcast next Tuesday, correct. Is Vladimir Tarasenko still a member of the St. Louis Blues? Yes. I yes. think so too. Any will there have been any big movement between now and then, you think? For the blues or yes. overall? For the blues. No. Okay. God, I can't well, wait. What for the all hell, this. man? I want some moves. <laughs> Come on. Well, even if he's exposed for the draft, if that's the big move that comes up, he won't be picked until a couple of days later. Right. You know what I mean? So even though and he still might be a St. Louis Blue, even if he's exposed for the draft, Seattle might say, eh, we pass. We'll take Gandela. We'll take Dunn. We'll take Barbashev. You know, something like that. Boy. And when are we signing Landis Congo? <laughs> right. What day is that happening? What is that? Oh, and I don't know what too, the date is. It's all trade going down. Yeah, too. I happened, even know when that's happening. The Kachuk too. thing. I mean, come on, man. I don't Get think both things can happen. I think that uh, if we could land one of those guys, would be the best case scenario. I think that the more realistic one is probably going all in on Landis uh, I think that Calgary's going to want a King's Ransom yeah. for Matthew Kachuk, and I don't blame them. 
But you never know. Doug who? Armstrong has worked his wizardry before. He of sure the, has. Of the two, who would play better with Clem Costin, though? That's what we really need. <laughs> oh, boy. We need to find oh, out my. who he's going to mesh with. Ladies and gentlemen, the comedic Gosh. stylings of Jeff Burton, Thank everybody. You. Yes. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Thank you. It, it is all about the timing. <laughs> timing. Speaking of edibles. <laughs> it is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music, and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.